You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. One rabbit turned to the other and said, Well, you want to make a run for it or stay here for a few days and outnumber them? (laughs) (laughs) Clever. Hello. Welcome to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 107, the no sexting edition. <laughs> Jeez. So every every once in a while when I get a... Um, I get a text message from you that says you're having a bad day. I always assume that you are um, clad in seersucker, standing at the uh, standing. Which at the I local, rarely am. Standing at the local courthouse's uh, county clerk administration office, or wherever you guys file your paperwork down there, um, and it's uh, it's one of those like old school uh, setups where there's the you know like the the bar. That you can't, uh, you know, like the knee-high bar or the thigh-high bar that you can't proceed past unless you get called. And then you can walk Uh, through the little gate. Yeah, it's totally not that. Friggin' Orleans Courthouse is such a 60s-ish, late 50s-ish, modern piece of garbage. Okay. (laughs) Which, uh, which... I, that's a whole other discussion, but I'm going to hold on to that because I want to get to 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 the whole point of that converse, of this conversation. But it, you rarely ever are in those situations, seersucker. Rarely. Or not. I was actually in a seersucker suit a few weeks ago. I was actually on the 18th, the day after, because I had to go somewhere. I had to go to Social Security office in the morning for this client for some, but I had. Didn't even end up having to be there, but I get to wear that stuff so rarely. I was like, well, I was like, I'm not going to be able to wear the seersucker this summer unless I wear it now. So I wore it <laughs> that day, and I didn't even need to be where I was because, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, you're here for that? You have an attorney? They said, we can't do the conference now. You have an attorney. So it was pointless. And the other problem was, you know, the pants are way bigger for me now because I think I got that suit maybe three or f- three years ago now maybe so you know when i first got it, it fit perfectly but i've lost more weight since then you know so i need to get a retailer but it's like i mean that's one of the problems with my gig like today i went and met a friend from high school for lunch yeah and he does like uh i mean i guess you know he flips houses basically you know like he's got he makes good money you know i mean it's not like he's just not some random flipper you know he's you know a developer i guess you call him at this point but you know he wears you know he wears friggin' super casual stuff all the time because of what he does because he doesn't have to dress up for anything right and uh so he shows up to lunch today i'm in jeans and a button-up shirt and he was in shorts and a Pearl Jam at Wrigley Field t-shirt, you know? (laughs) 
I was like, man, I'm jealous of how casual you are, you know? Were, were like, you like, uh, hey, I bet there were no white people at that concert. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure. Uh, but anyway, I was like, I was like, you know, most lawyers are jealous of me because how je- how casual my gear is, but I'm even je- more jealous of you because how casual you are. Forty years old, and you're you're working, and you're running around in t-shirt and shorts. <laughs> You know, it's not like you're working a shitty job. You're making good money. You know, yeah. it's funny. When I worked in the city, it was a casual dress code. I wore flip-flops and shorts uh, to yeah. work during the summertime. And that was always kind of my go-to was that, yeah, this sucks. And, you know, it's a three-and-a-half, four-hour commute every day. But yeah. at least I get to wear flip-flops. And I'm yep. like, man, was that reaching you know, that was <laughs> a like fucking a, yes. stretch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was saying to him at lunch, I was like, you know, I always, you know, so many times I'd, I'd see these guys in the middle of the day and I'd be like, who are these 40s, who are these middle-aged guys that are able to hang out all day, able to hang out at like 2 o'clock on a Tuesday in shorts and T-shirts? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no shit. I was like, man. are they all just independently wealthy? What are they doing? Because they'd all be in, you know, an area where, like, a commercial area, you know? They weren't bums. Right. They were all just hanging out. It's like, who who has this time at the age of 40 to be dressed like that? I, I doubt they're all friggin' real estate investors like this kid. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's funny because um, with the hot weather, I've taken uh, to heading to the local coffee shops to do my work. Yeah. And- I've been splitting time between the um, the Asbury shop and Starbucks, right? Yep. Starbucks, I got to drive to, and and it's a big commercial chain. the The one that I can ride my bike to, it, it's small. I don't want to take up a seat all day long, and and like you know, just kind of be a vagrant. But yeah, you don't want to um, be that asshole. I've been going there a lot more recently because I figured. I'd rather give them my money, and it's I've only needed like two or three hours as opposed to like four or five hours. You know, when it was ninety degrees and ninety percent humidity, I needed to be there all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't even go back to my house. Now that it's nice out, I'm I'm kind of okay. Let me go there for a little while, then let me take a conference call, then let me change pace, let me go home and walk the dog. So it's a lot easier. Um, but I was sitting there today, and I've been in there three or four days in a row, and to the point where, like, the owner would has known me for a little while by sight, you know, enough to say hello. But he's not a super friendly guy. Yeah. You know? Um, whoa. What's Hold that? On. Hold on. Hold on. I've got a... Uh, another bluetooth activated device in the vicinity all right um but i was sitting in the coffee shop you know for 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 three or four days in a row and i realized i was the only constant i was the guy people would uh would be like what's this guy do yeah yeah, yeah. how can he afford to be in here so half the people probably think that i'm independently wealthy and the other think that i'm you know some unemployed bum who sits yeah. around drinking coffee with uh, flip-flops on all day. But Yeah, I mean, I see these guys walking up and down the streets like, who who has this lifestyle? You know? 
<laughs> I mean, I'm not Roscoe for Christ's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> Roscoe. No, and um, everything was fine. Actually, they just had really bad storms blow through here in the past couple hours too, and there were like tornadoes that touched down within the city limits of New Orleans. No shit. Yeah, so I came home and I saw some piece of wood on top of my roof, so I had to get up there, had to pull out the rake and try to get it, and then I went and got the little the ladder. Guy across the street saw me, he's like, old black dude, he comes here, he's like, let me hold that ladder for you. I was like, oh, good, my mother would appreciate that, because she <laughs> freaks out about the idea of me getting on ladders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When no one's around. I mean, it was a six-foot, you know, step ladder, but... Out there, it was a little rocky because it was on the cement, you know, the sidewalk, which is kind of uneven. Right. But there was some piece of wood up there. I don't know it was, if it was from when the guys repaired my roof, uh, repaired that friggin' fascia board a couple of months ago, or yeah. if it was from when they first worked on the house or whatever. But wherever it was, it was a piece of wood that was left somewhere to probably get stirred up by the friggin' rainstorm. <laughs> By the tornado like winds that blew through here. Right. You know? There was like photos, you know, videos of a funnel cloud forming over downtown New Orleans and stuff, and apparently a couple of like blighted houses collapsed near the quarter, you know, like abandoned homes. Right. You know, so the tornado must have touched down there. They got the National Weather Service coming down to check it out. But fortunately, my problems with my mystery text messaging issue and everything and trying to resolve that i got back to the office before the storm blew through because that would have compounded the issue right and i had to still be on the road and that stuff you know right so that's the punchline uh, uh, of the of the story is that you weren't standing in your seersucker you were dealing mm. with some inane bureaucratic but i did up. But I, it was after lunch, I did actually have to go to the court just to file an eviction. I mean, I wouldn't have been dressed like that had I known I was going to court. And I wouldn't have been dressed like that if I was going to go to, even if I was just going to file something else, if I was going to go file at the real court, you know, upstairs, you know, right. like the actual civil court, not the, uh, not the small claim slash evictions division, you know? Yeah, but what happened? What what? Explain what happened with your phone. So, okay, so I was at lunch with my buddy, and then I left there. And then, as I'm driving to court, to the courthouse, I get this message from a weird number I don't recognize, but it was Derek. It was three o four, something yada yada yada. It was two question marks, and I'm like, what? What the fuck is this? So I just sent four question marks back to this person. <laughs> And I get a response, like several, you know, like three or four little text messages. Like, oh, I think you cut, you got the wrong number. Uh, you know, my name's Cody Stout. I'm in West WV, West Virginia, LOL. I was like, you know, so I was like, dude, I don't have, I was like, did I call you? I don't have any record of any, of me texting you or calling you. What, like, I'm was so your, confused. Was your first reaction to get indignant with the guy, or did you? Were you like genuinely confused? I genuinely, I genuinely was confused okay. when he told me that. Like, I mean, I don't know what his reaction to my stuff was, but he, you know, and the response I got from him was just LOL. 
You know, and I was right. like, all right. And I just wrote later because I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I was like, maybe this guy accidentally got in touch with me right. because our area code's 504 and he's from 304. Okay. You know? All right. But but I don't think anything of that. I'm like, well, whatever. As I pull up and park, you know, on the street to go to court, I look and there's another text message from another number, 703 something. And it says, wrong number. I'm like, what the fuck? And I just responded to that person. I was like, I think my phone got hacked, and that person never responded back. I'm like, what the fuck? And I start Googling it on my phone and about text messages that I never sent, you know, and the first article is about your phone getting hacked, you know, and it's like, what to do? You know, go to, you know, your phone provider store or whatever. Well, I went and filed the shit that I need to file because I need to take care of that at that point. Right. But when I got back in the car, I drove back down, went to the radio, the closest place I had a Sprint store in it, the Radio Shack on Magazine Street that has a Sprint store in it, you know? Okay. And I went in there, and and I was telling him, like, oh, I don't know if you got hacked. And the guy that deals with the phones and stuff, he's back there, and he pulls up my information. He's looking for me. He's like, He's like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I can tell you. He's like, I think you should get in touch with Apple, you know. Uh, and I, so I get back to the office and I start looking online for Apple support. I was like, I really don't want to go to the Apple store because that's, you know, you got to schedule appointments, a pain in the ass. I don't like where it's located, having to drive out to the fucking mall and deal with all that bullshit, you know. Right. Um, and then he, you know. And they're trying, and you're doing all this online, you know, these message messaging, and the person, you know, they can't grasp what I'm saying. And finally, they're like, "Well, I don't think I can handle it. You're going to need a manager, supervisor, support. Do you want them to call you back?" And I'm like, "Sure, call me back." Then I don't even know where they're located. I know they're not located here, you know, in Louisiana. You right. know, right? You know, they're somewhere else. She's like, well, they can't call you back because of the rainstorms. You're going to have to call them back, which made no sense to me. <laughs> I was like, call you back? Where am I even calling? You know. And then I, I gathered what it is, is they must be talking on the phone, and the phone transcribes what they're saying into online chat because she, she was acting like we were on a phone conversation. You know? Oh, okay. All right. And I'm like, well, I don't. I was like, what number do I even call? <laughs> <laughs> so they gave me the number, and they're like, in an hour, it'll be a good time to call. I looked at the clock, and it was like 4 something. So I'm like, all right, I'll have to call. So I called like, you know, 10 after 5 or something, you know. I get in touch with a girl, or can I go through the whole thing with her? And I'm like, here's the deal. And uh, she's like, well, what happened? You're getting text messages from people you don't know? I'm like, no. I was like, yes. But they were obviously getting text messages from my number that I never sent. I want to make sure my phone isn't hacked. You know, let me put you on hold. Blah, blah, blah. Obviously, she's talking to somebody else about all this stuff. You know, and I was like, I have no clue. I was like, one of these was in West Virginia. I don't even know where the other area code was. And then I looked it up. And the other area code was in Virginia. You know, and a part of Virginia that straddles West Virginia. Okay. You know? So I'm like, I don't know if somebody actually hacked my phone or what. 
I was like, because I know people can go and get numbers and do fake text messages, like like the programs where I could take your me- your number and go text message people. I was like, so maybe somebody up there knows both of these people and somehow came across my number and is using it to fuck with people they know up there. You know? Okay. Or just randomly got my number and is using it to fuck with people because one was in West Virginia and one was in Virginia and I never heard anything else, you know? Right. So she's like, well, maybe. And uh, she's like, but you're going to have to call. She's finally like, all right, gets back on. This has gone back and forth for like a half hour at least. And she's like, you're going to have to call your provider uh, because it involves the SMS text messaging. I okay. Because earlier when I was on the online chat, they're like, you're going to have to get in touch with a provider. I was like, provider told me to call Apple. You know? <laughs> so I was like, fuck it. I'm just not going to deal with it for the night. You know, and just I changed the password to my Apple ID. I don't know what the hell is going on. But you know what? Other than those two random text messages, I haven't received anything else. So maybe it was somebody just fucking with those people that knows each other, you know? Yeah. So I have no clue. Would you change the password to one, two, three, four? Same as your luggage? Yeah. Well, it's got to be, you got to have eight characters and you got to have a uppercase, a lowercase, <laughs> a number, you know? Which sucks is my Apple ID is so old that they don't let you change your Apple ID. You know? And right. my Apple ID is so old because I got it like in 2002. Uh, so it's it's a Hotmail uh, <laughs> email account, you know? Uh-huh. Even though I don't even use Hotmail, but, but like they won't let you change that, you know? Right. And then the worst was a few years ago because I always had like basically the same password that was easy to remember. And then they made me change it because like we got new regulations. You got to have the numbers, the uppercase, the lowercase and all this bullshit. And that come up with some, you know, type of password I never use. You know? <laughs> and now I had to go through and change that today to some other new type of password. You know, um, my accounts have started making me change my username. Yeah, which is really fucked up because it took me forever to um to get all my usernames to be the same. Yeah, well that sucks. Yeah, <sighs> my bank made me change my username. You need numbers in them now. Well, you know it really sucked when I started when I opened my original bank account. Now it's a Capital One, but originally it was a Louisiana bank the Capital One bought out. You know, my username wasn't exactly what I wanted. I had to add an, a letter to it other than the username I use for everything else because they're like, oh, it needs to be eight characters long. Right. You know? Right. I was like, it really fucked me up. At work, like, you know, we our email program and stuff, we use, like, Microsoft Office 365. And it really sucks because, like, to log into your computer... To restart it, you know, you got to use a certain password. To log into your email, you got to use a certain password. And Microsoft Office makes you change your password every couple of months. It's a real pain in the ass because I got to keep coming up with a new password. Uh, I I used to have to do the same thing uh, when I worked for um, for the ticket company. They were crazy about changing passwords, and you had to do it every three months or something like that. Uh a shortcut around that is to take your standard password 
and just capitalize the next letter in the sequence. Yeah, yeah. It should recognize it as as a whole new password. Yeah. So there you go. That's a life pro tip from uh, from the old Sandman for you. My passwords for everything. Um, my passwords for everything were real personal. Like a real personal. Um, I don't know password. Yeah. And it's still my password. And now it's just depressing. <laughs> but I can't think of a better password because I, that's my password, you know? Yeah. So I I'm, uh, I, I swear one day I'm going to sit down and come up with a new password and change everything over uh, to, to the new password. But um, who fucking wants to do that, man? Every, I have 800 online accounts. Yeah, I know. It's a pain in the ass. You know, and the and the and the truth of the matter is, the password really doesn't protect you at all. Right, right. It doesn't protect you from hackers any more than the friggin' sixty-year-old lady at the airport protects you from terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Wait, you don't think TSA is valuable? <laughs> get that get it it's a throwback to almost yes. every podcast we've ever done yeah <laughs> oh good time but man. it's true it doesn't protect you from passwords they'll protect you from hackers protects you from you know lazy hackers i guess it really protects you from family members fucking fucking with you or something you know right <laughs> or like uh friggin nemesis or something but like a real hacker doesn't care about your password he doesn't eat it right right so so that's so uh, where do you stand you just you change your password and that's it and you're gonna hope this problem goes away well uh, i'm gonna eventually sign on to my sprint account i just need to i never sign on to the sprint account thing Mm-hmm. So I need to get the information because I, I want to look and see if I can look at my text messages on there. Okay. And see if there's any record of a text message from my phone being sent to these other numbers. Yes, okay. I see where you're you going know. with that. So, I mean, other than that, maybe I'll call Sprint, but there's not much I could really do because if they say they don't have a record of it, what, what's that going to do, you know? Right. I'm going to be like, oh, well, you're fucked. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to, how, you know, what I can do either way, you know? I mean, like I told the guy at Radio Shack, good thing I don't sext, you know? <laughs> but I did, when I was sitting when I was sitting in the car before I went in court, when I saw the other one, I'm thinking, oh, shit, I got hacked. I did go through my phone and look for anything that I just wouldn't want to be out there anyway, you know, and delete it. <laughs> yeah. Stuff that had been sent to me, photos and stuff. I was like, God, delete that shit. Right. You right. Know? Right. I mean, it's not me, but you know, you never know, you know? Yeah. You don't want to be party to that. Yeah. You never know who's out there. So it's not nearly as exciting as, as maybe it was teased to be. So, yeah, not even as exciting as the Walmart, uh, the Walmart um, return online return hassle. Oh God, that sucked. 
that was such a waste of fucking time in my life that yeah. I'll never get back. <laughs> what was the end I result? I mean, it really was. After all that bullshit where they couldn't help me in the store. They couldn't help me because I was in limbo, the people on the phone. And then I go in, and I'm like, oh, all right, boom, no problem. <laughs> oh, that's right. You ended up getting it. <laughs> yes, because it just... Because I was just dealing with a lazy person that day. I was just dealing with a lazy staff the first right. time I went in there. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. People that didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> People that didn't know what they were doing and didn't care to figure it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is always fun, you know? Yeah, that's great when people just don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, and that's why Walmart sucks. One of their... <laughs> Um, it's kind of funny though, because I, uh, that coffee shop I go to, um, their Yelp reviews are really mixed. Yeah. They're either, well, maybe this is the way Yelp works. I'm not super familiar, but they're either all great or all bad. It's all either five star or one star. Well, that's what a lot of reviews seem to be like. People either love the stuff or they fucking hate it. Right. You know, there's rarely, like, three stars on shit, you know? Um, And all of the negative reviews for this coffee shop were, um, the guy who works there sucks. The women who work there suck. Uh, Everybody's mean. Like, nothing... There's always a bald guy camped out there fucking around (laughs) with his computer all day. (laughs) He really creeps me out. Watch Uh, out for him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was nothing about nothing about the service nothing about the service nothing about the aesthetic nothing about whatever it was all about the the people who worked there and i felt like this is my hometown coffee shop i gotta stick up for it you know so i wrote a positive review saying listen it's good coffee and if you had a bad experience there um then you just caught somebody on a bad day. Because I like these people and they're pretty good. Yeah. Then as I went there more and more and more, I I would hear like some of the the less uh, experienced or, or the less um, senior uh, cashier people or, or waitresses or whatever, like give attitude to the to the customers, you know, like people who were just passing through would be like, excuse me, I ordered a, I ordered a waffle, um, you know, a little while ago. And then, and the chick would be like, uh, okay, it's a small coffee shop and there's only, uh, one of us here. So, um, you'll get your waffle. Like a fucking octopus. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, uh, Janine Garofalo in, uh, in Cable Guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Come on. I got other tables, buddy. Um, so I was like, oh man, that, you know what? That chick is like really fucking with the clientele. Um, I should write an email to the owner saying, Hey, just listen, you know, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but you know, if you get some complaints about this chick, they're probably true. Blah, blah, blah. And I go through this whole thing and I decide not to write it. You know, I'm like, yeah, just fucking drink your coffee. And you know, (laughs) you're not the Bernie gets of, of, uh, of coffee shop vigilantism. So Vigilante sit down. criticism. <laughs> right. So just relax. 
Then I'm walking into the place the other day. They've got a sign outside, a, a chalkboard sign, you know, the kind that lists the specials or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'd often see on... Uh, the little sandwich know. board set yes. up on the sidewalk. Yeah. Yes. And it says, uh, America's Cup, home of badass waffles and surly baristas. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly this is their marketing strategy. So they just so gotta embrace fuck. it. Now, right. Yeah. Right. They don't care. They don't care. So I'm glad I didn't write the the uh the letter because um then I would I wouldn't have been in on the joke, you know? Did I tell you about my Popeye's experience? Uh No. Oh man. Popeyes you, is, what's go, it? Go ahead. Go ahead. They're in my in my mind they're notorious for just bad customer fucking service you know but like fast but, food places suck as, to begin with but for some reason popeyes are really just awful but you know what they I've always gathered get, popeyes that? is a legitimate fried chicken place yeah i mean it's fast food but it's popeyes like you you know you as a southerner have, have no qualms about walking in there and getting some fried chicken and it's quality yeah, I mean, people, people up here. I mean, Popeyes is from New Orleans, you know. I mean, right. People up here aren't super familiar. There's a couple Popeyes around, but there's not a ton. Yeah. And people always just assume that it's like hack fast food, and maybe up here is not as good as down there or whatever. But um, yeah, you know, they put it on the same the same plane as you know KFC or or Taco Bell or whatever, right? And um, I was explaining to somebody maybe i was talking to my dad or something we were watching a commercial and he's like oh man i bet that does i bet that sucks you know it's not as good as it looks and i said no you know what live actually eats there no self-respecting gentleman from new orleans would would eat fried chicken that wasn't quality so um, everybody in new orleans eats popeyes okay except for i guess the vegans and vegetarians all right but anybody will eat popeyes you know right 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 and i'll say this much you know, which I don't really remember too much because I was very young. But when I was younger, I know the service didn't suck that bad at all these places because it was still locally owned, you know. And the guy okay. that owned all the Popeyes, Al Copeland, he was able to keep an eye on it, you know. Because right. I always remember that was a thing. We went to Washington, D.C. back like in 1984 because we were driving up there to bring my brother to West Point, and, you know, uh, my family wasn't exactly worldly. You know? <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh, we were in D.C. You know, lots of kids. Like, you know, so my parents were like, well, let's go to Popeye's. I remember they were appalled because it was dirty. The service sucked and everything. You know, but this is before it was, you know, this is when they were just Popeye franchises, you know, that uh, that weren't owned. They were just used to. Be in New Orleans, where every Popeyes was owned and operated by Al Copeland, who lived in New Orleans. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Right. <laughs> so everything down here was very good because it needed to be. And then after he filed bankruptcy and all that, and had to sell off Popeyes, another company bought him, and now they're based out of Georgia or something, you know. But um, but for years he's still part of the bankruptcy. He held on to a bunch of Popeyes locally, you know. And then after so many years, I think he even sold those to the company that bought them all. And he held on to one, you know, there was like one Popeye's he had because it was a different concept that did more than just chicken and did other stuff, which was out of Metairie. And it was the best Popeye's to go to because it was Al Copeland's, you know, so it was always 
the service was always good. It was always proper, but then Katrina hit and it fucked that one up. And and he he was I think he was gone through cancer, which is what eventually killed him. Okay. So so the one good Popeyes was gone. <laughs> but anyway, so the night I got back from Chicago, my sister picked me up from the airport. And at this point, I was kind of hungry, and she's like, and I really didn't feel like making anything at home, you know? And she's, she's like, so we got to my house, and she's like, well, let's, you can go to Popeye's. I was like, all right, all right, let's go to Popeye's. So we went to the Popeye's, not far from my house, you know, but it's even, since where I'm located, it's even more ghetto-fied, you know, because it's close to my neighborhood. <laughs> and, uh, and they had some... You know, teenage girl working in there, probably. You know, probably. You know, she probably hadn't even been working there too long. But they got other people, you know, management and stuff. And and I will say, what I did do was sort of a test. You know, and I wanted to see if it would happen. What I was thinking would happen would happen, and it did happen. But you know, your option is, and normally I would get a two piece combo or whatever dinner or whatever you know and i'd ask for it white and i'd ask for both breasts you know okay and they'd upgrade you the breast they give you that but if you ask for a two-piece white they would give you a breast and a wing by default you know yeah well i was really hungry at this point so i was like well i'm gonna get a four-piece tonight so i was like can i get a four-piece white and i didn't say two breasts and two wings because you know I'm like, I have a feeling they're going to give me a breast and three wings, but let's see what they do because it should be the default is, I mean, what would you think it would be? If two bre- if a two-piece white is a breast and wing, what would you think a four-piece white would be? Two, two breast, two wing. All right, good. Good. I'm glad you're saying that. <laughs> so I order that, and then finally they get my stuff, and I bring it over to the table because uh, I was getting it to go, and I open up, I'm like, Motherfucker! It's a breast and three wings. Did uh, is is the is a menu item? Is there a menu item that says four piece? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's you not get just a two piece, a three piece, a four piece. You know, I guess a regular four piece would probably be a breast, a wing, a leg, and a thigh. You know. Okay. But if you were just to order a two piece and not even say any preference for meat, they would probably give you a leg and a thigh. Okay. But if you tell them you want yes, white. you're saying white. Got it. Got it. Got it they'll got give it. you a breast and a wing. But I'm like, so in my thinking, it's like, well, if a two-piece, you know. So I walk over there, and there's a another guy, you know, and I, I'm like, I'm sorry. I, uh, you know, I want a two breasts and two wings, you know. And, and the guy steps up, and, he, you know, he probably was a staff manager or something because I know there was another manager but he was probably like an assistant he's like oh oh yeah i know what you're saying that makes sense i, I get what you're saying and she's like well you didn't say and you gotta uh you gotta ask for it and it'll charge you 99 cents i was like all right fine i don't care i'll pay the 99 cents i don't care right you know right right right, right. although i'm thinking in the back of my head i was like well hey why wouldn't you tell me that because anybody would think i was like most people would think that you know but right. i was like i'm not gonna fight over this you know so she charged me 99 cents and they fixed it, you know, and I was doing it. I hear her start talking shit to the guy about it. I was like, and I, so I started saying something to it because it was like, I was just going to let go. I was like, you know, because she's like, he didn't even say anything to me. You know, I, I don't know. People got to say something. 
you know, which to me means either they don't know how to train the fucking people or what, because why wouldn't you try to to say something to people if they were going to order the four piece, you know, or have them say something like, would you, if you order white, would you like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Like most, even if mo- you're going to upcharge them. Yeah, even if you're going to upcharge them, would you like to, uh, it to be two breasts for a dollar more or something? You, some bullshit like that. Right. You know, or yeah. at least let you know, what it, you know, why is it on me to figure out what's what's not posted anywhere in there what it would be, right. you know? Right, right, right. And I was like, so I started saying some shit. I was like, I was like, anybody would think that. I was like, if you walked up to anybody on the street and told them that, they would think that. If you if you asked a five year old uh, what they think it would be, they would tell you two breasts in two weeks. She's like, well, I'm not five years old. I was like, yeah, so you should know better. <laughs> 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 and I walked the fuck out there because she thought she was being smart, but she's obviously a fucking idiot. Right. You know, right. the fact that, well, I'm not a five year old. Yeah. You're fucking 10, uh, at least three times older than a five fucking year old. You moron. <laughs> you know, if a five year old would know, you should fucking know. And I was like, oh, well, and I came home and I was gonna, you know, they always have a survey on the back of the Popeye's thing. And you can get a free two piece if you fill it out. You get the number. So I filled out the survey online, but they don't give you an opportunity to give your information. It's an anonymous fucking survey. I was like, well, I'll write a fucking letter. But of course, I never wrote the fucking letter, (laughs) which pisses me off because I should have wrote the letter because they definitely were giving me free chicken. Right. You know, right. But it, but that was the last time I've been to Popeyes. But it was just like, I was like, Either Popeyes is ripping me off, you know, either that specific Popeyes is ripping me off, you know, like they're making an extra dollar off of me that they shouldn't make off of me because they decided that four piece white is a breast and three wings, you know, or Popeyes nationals ripping me off or they just got poorly trained people working there. It's something, you know. So this is funny because I'm not a. A fried chicken guy. And the one problem I had was, I mean, because other people can make the argument, what about the price difference? I don't remember what the price differences were between the two-piece and the four-piece. And I haven't been in no Popeye's since, so I'm not going to stress about it. But, but whatever the case is, I still think, you know, if that's what you're going to do, regardless of what the price is, if you offer a breast and a wing with a two-piece white, you should notify people that a four-piece white will not be two breasts and two wings. Somehow that should be either notated on the menu itself (laughs) or have the friggin' person at the register tell you something. And it wouldn't be that hard to tell them. They're always trying to... uh, I'm sure they could remember. They're always trying to hawk their pies and shit at the end. Right. Have you buy all the other extras? Why couldn't you tell them, well, if somebody orders this, tell them that. Whatever. But you're not a big fried chicken guy. But so if I were to step up to the counter and I would say, "Give me a, give me a two piece," I wouldn't yes. even think that one of them or more than one of them would be not white meat. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't. It doesn't dawn on me that my order will be made up of different parts of the chicken. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm yeah. not order. I don't I'm not in that situation. Yeah, so you're not savvy with the fried I, chicken. 
Exactly. So when uh, Roscoe's cousin came to town a couple weeks ago, um, Roscoe's country cousin. Roscoe's country cousin, his uh, his cousin from D.C., who actually grew up in Syracuse, and they oh, were okay. they're the same age and they grew up together. But he now lives in D.C. with his with his wife and family. Both Nottingham guys. Uh, both Nottingham guys are both the same grade, the whole deal. They're like a couple months apart. Um, a real nice guy, super guy. Like, you know, real good guest, real good visitor, made a lot of his time. Yeah. And really took advantage of it. So one night we were out and Roscoe ended up going home a little early. And um, we were down at uh, one of the places uh, in downtown. And uh, on the way home, he said, hey, you know, I really want to stop at that fried chicken place. He said, I love fried chicken and I'd imagine that it's really good around here. There's a there's a fried chicken place around the corner from my from my house, literally around the corner from my house. It's one half a block away. Okay. Um, that I've never stepped foot in. One because it's a little shady. It's called um, it's called pizza and fried chicken plus. <laughs> <laughs> so pizza you can get and fried any, chicken plus anything in there. You can get anything you want, right? Yeah. And it's kind of sketchy and. I'm not a huge fried chicken fan, so there'd be no reason for me to go in there. And we went in and ordered up some chicken. It's a high counter. There's not bulletproof glass, but it's a high counter. It deters, um, you know, interaction. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we're standing there, and we we order, and I didn't, you know, I just I looked at the menu. I said, uh, give me um, said, a five-piece combo. And that was supposed to be for him. But he also ordered a five-piece combo, unbeknownst to me. So we ended up coming home, and I unpacked the bag. I'm like, "What? How many pieces of chicken do you get in a five-piece combo?" Five-piece. If you went to Popeyes, I think would be a breast, a wing, a thigh, and two legs. That is what you got in this. Yes, because legs are the least desirable pieces of chicken. <laughs> That's how it works. Really, I like the legs. <laughs> I hate legs. I'll even tell it, but finish your story. Yeah, well, that I was so confused because there was so much chicken, and in my mind, I missed the part where he ordered a five-piece combo. Yeah. So I had ten pieces of chicken here. Okay. And I had no idea how I ended up with ten pieces from a five-piece combo. <laughs> so it was a good fried chicken? It was delicious fried chicken. All right. Well, I don't know if I take your word for it. How did uh, <laughs> Roscoe's cousin like it? He, he liked it. Okay. He liked it. So, um, <laughs> and it was uh, real meaty. Okay. Know? But it had a good, uh, a good See, thick See, the Popeye's pieces have gotten smaller, I think, you know? See, when we were kids, we would eat uh, fried chicken from a place called Chicken Holiday. It was on the rotation of fast food. So, Friday night was pizza night, like any respectable, um, you know? middle class family yeah and then saturday was a rotation so saturday was either one of several types of fast food or uh dining out okay then sunday was family dinner and then monday tuesday wednesday thursday were all uh you know we're all meals depending on whether we had soccer games or whatnot right 
So one of the choices was fried chicken, and that would come up probably once every six weeks because it was uh, fried chicken, it was Chinese food, it was, um, you know, a couple other takeout places, sandwiches like subs, and then we would sprinkle in a night or two going out to eat. So yeah. you only it was a one in six shot, and it wasn't particularly um, pop. The fried chicken wasn't particularly popular, but um, I remember it not being particularly tasty. I didn't I didn't love it, you know. Yeah, it yeah, didn't yeah. didn't stick with me. It was a lot of work, and and I don't know. Just maybe I always got stuck with legs. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> yeah, I know, and. I used to hate that when I was little. We we get fried chicken a lot, and I'd always have to eat the leg, and you know they have that tendon on them. Yeah, you know, and I always hated that. I won't, you know, and I mean I'll deal with thighs now, but I still don't really like them because they got too many weird parts in there as well. You know. Yeah. But yeah. but uh, but I used to hate it, and uh, but that was all my mother would give us, and I remember. You know, years later, telling me the reason was because when you're a little kid, it's easy to hold a, a leg. You know, right? You know, it's it's got a handle on it. The leg, it's yeah. easy for a kid to eat. It's right. a good food to give to a to a child. Absolutely, and I think wings, given the choice between a wing and a leg in a traditional chicken meal setting like this, like fried chicken, not like going yeah. out for wings, but yeah. um. I would I wouldn't pick up the wing cuz I I feel like there's nothing on a wing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it depends how they cut it. Some places will cut the wing with a lot of meat on it, you know? Yeah. You know, cut where they got a lot on it, you know. And of course, I mean when you get a wing from a chicken place, it's the full wing. It's not just like a flat or a drum, you know? Right. Right. But um but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, the wing wings aren't huge. You know, you'd get more out of a leg than a wing, but if you're getting white, you know, the breast is going to balance that out because the breast is the biggest piece. Right. You know, but I remember, uh, I always hate that. I even remember when I was little, I must have been about five years old. There was a show down here, the Popeye and Pal show. It was a New Orleans institution. Okay. You know, and they would show the Popeye cartoons and you'd be in the studio, you know, like it was a, it was filmed at the... WWL, the local CBS affiliate, you know, and Popeye's Chicken sponsored it, of course, you know. So you'd you'd go on there, and one time we went on, which we got on because it was friends, another family that my mom was really good friends with. I think what happened was because it took years to get on to the show, you know, like there was like waiting list, you know, sure to just be a regular person. I think couple of her kids might have aged out it took them so long you know <laughs> right right i mean they had eight kids and my mom had six you know so uh so my brother josh and i think mimi might have gotten on to it too because she was like three uh but mari was way too young she couldn't even go on there but they'd sit you you know there was like two little rows you know two little boxes full of kids you know on little risers you know and you'd sit there and you would audience and they you know and they'd have the woman come and talk to you you know just like if you ever watched like what was bozo show or something you know yeah yeah and, and they would give you a box of chicken a little box of 
Popeye's chicken, which was probably just like a leg. I can't remember what it was, but it was probably just like a leg and a biscuit or something. You know, something. And it was like advertising. What I always remember was I, I ate mine and I walked down there and asked for more. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, ah, you don't get more, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was that's one of those quintessential, you know, your New Orleans if moments. If you were on that show, you right. know, like what was it called? To be a, it was Popeye and Pals, you know, and they show Popeye cartoons. It was sponsored by Popeye's Fried Chicken, you know, which is funny because the reason Al Copeland called it Popeye's, his inspiration was Popeye Doyle, like from the French Connection. Okay, and then it was only later on that they tied in. You know Popeye himself, you know, and then they struck a deal with was a King's Fe- King Feature Syndicate. That's the one that that uh, has the rights to Popeye, you know. Right. But the the I think the new people that do it don't affiliate with Popeye at all. Right. But yeah, you would do that when they would go to a cartoon. You know, you'd put your hands up like uh like they were goggles to your eyes, and you go. Roll them, and everybody would say, "Roll them," you know, right for the next cartoon. <laughs> you can find some clips of Popeye and Pals on YouTube. Oh, good stuff! Good stuff. You're free chicken, yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get more chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I walked down there to, <clears throat> you know, you're in the studio, but I didn't know what it was. But there's like a little kitchen area, which is probably the same place where they filmed the. You know, the cooking segments for the morning show, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're doing the little Zoom thing. They're doing the Zoom thing. Roll, Roll them. them. Right. Yeah. Roll them. <laughs> uh, good times, Popeye. Good times. Yeah. So you're going to go see the Star Wars? I'm going to go see the Star Wars, man. The uh, As- Force Awakens. A- Asbury Park Film Initiative is having uh, movies on the beach this summer. And. Oh, awesome. actually, the summer's almost over, so I don't know. Maybe they're going to do it into the fall. But um, the first movie last week got rained out, which was Force Awakens. Oh, uh, so they're redoing so they're gonna it? redo it because I mean that's a big ticket item, you know? Yeah, that's what they'll bring. They'll put fannies on the beach. Oh shit! I forgot. It's uh, the admission is. You got to donate a canned good, so I was gonna, uh, I was gonna guess that it was a donation. I hopefully, I have some black beans or something in the cabinet. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we were little and you had to donate stuff, and my parents would go through the cupboard looking for the least desirable shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so freaking crappy when you think about it. But that's what everybody does. So I had. <laughs> oh, I don't want this. Who wants these cans of pinto beans? <laughs> I had texted uh, Cole. Cole has an iPad. Um, and he's, so he's got a, um, uh, an ID so he can, I message and whatever. So I'll get a message from him every yeah. once in a while. Um, and they're, you know, typical eight year old message. Uh, let's, let me see if I can find one. Uh, oh, one was, Hey, can you donate? <laughs> can you donate? Uh, uncle Matt, please help me reach my goal for jump rope for the heart. Love Cole. I said, what's the going rate for donations? He said, $50 for me, $50 for Emma. I said, you think I'm rich? He says, you have your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't know how that works yet. <laughs> so uh, so I texted him the other day. Uh, 
he loves Star Wars. You know, he's all over it. Yeah. So I said this would be cool. Um, so I texted him. I said, "Hey, do you want to go see? Uh, you want to come to Asbury Park and watch the four Star Wars Force Awakens uh, on the beach? Maybe you can invite Poppy, who's my dad." Uh, yeah. I, said he, I think he might like that because one, I don't want to make my brother, you know, drive all the way out here because it, yeah. it works. No problem making your dad drive all the way. Right, out my there. dad. You know, like he's re- no problem making a old man drive. <laughs> well, he's retired and he's got a little more time on his hands. <laughs> Plus, he'll get he'll get some yeah. time with the with the kid. You know, some quality time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Well, your brother's probably gearing up though, huh? He's he's doing. What's he gonna? He's doing. He's a teacher. He's a uh, vice principal. I uh, just got a new job. He's a vice principal. Yeah, I mean, I saw he announced on Facebook like a month ago how he got. A new job, so yeah, so he's probably really busy right really now. Really busy, then, huh? yeah, because he's learning. Yeah. He's in charge of like the special education curriculum, and he's just learning. Yeah, I thought he was involved with special education. Yeah, yeah. he's. Uh, it's a okay. new school district. He's. It's little kids for the first time. Uh, I think in his okay. career, it's K through eight. Um, so, you know, well, that seems perfect for your brother. Yeah, he's really good with that. He's really good with that population and always has. I mean, I, I I know I don't know him all that well, but he he just seems like he'd be really good with like little kids in general. He's a he's a really he's um he's really involved in in like youth sports, obviously because of Cole. And yeah. Emma. Um, and he tells some stories of his interactions with the other parents that I'm like, oh my god, I don't know how you didn't stop. How did you stop from killing somebody? You know, like these parents get out <laughs> yeah. of control, and it's not. Oh, of course, if you're dealing with youth sports too, you get psychos. You know how some people tell a story, you know, you know, in a real egocentric manner, like it's from their yeah. perspective. So obviously, they come out of it looking like a superstar. But these are genuine stories. You know what I mean? So all the other parents are carrying me off the field. <laughs> <laughs> he's not pulling any punches because he'll tell you, "I went in the." He's like after the after that conversation he's like i went in the car and screamed for 15 seconds you know he's like yeah yeah where he's got to basically eat shit yeah, just right exactly deal with these asshole parents so he's good in those in those settings but um i can't like i've run plans by him before like hey i want to take cole to the to the fair or hey you know what if uh you know you're interested in doing this and he just what whatever he just never gets back, and it's not a high priority whether Cole yeah. goes to the fair or not. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I gotta check yeah. his schedule. First of all, eight year old's got a schedule that says something, right? Well, that's all it's always been with like my niece. It's like she's always, you know, now she's hell, she's seventeen now, right? Yeah, but you know, ever since she's been in school, you know, like even back then, she's always had like this. All the schedule of all this shit she's got to do, right, you know? Right, right. It's, it's crazy nowadays. So this time I decided to go right to Cole. And, yep. and, and right to the cut source. Cut out the middleman. But, again, he's an eight-year-old, I'm de- and it's on his iPad. It's not like he's got a cell phone. He's not getting my messages, you know? And maybe yeah. he's only allowed to use it, you know, on the weekends during the summertime. Who knows? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure they put some restrictions. Yeah, absolutely on. right. So yeah. uh, he never got back to me, but um, I think I'm going to head down there and check it out anyway. It starts at dusk, which uh, which I'm guessing has already happened. It's uh, it's pretty dark out now, but yeah, it's got to be dark there because it's already getting a little darker here. Yeah, I checked uh, the dusk time and it said 8:30, but uh, 
I think that was a little <laughs> aggressive. Yeah, but it'd still be cool to go. Yeah, there, I mean, I've already regardless. seen the movie, so you've seen the movie, so it's not like yeah, it's not like you're missing anything. Yeah, I. Uh, you know about that, th- and we probably talked about this before. With the with the youth sports, you know, it was last December when we had a gathering of guys from high school, and I was talking to one of the guys there because he puts all this stuff on Facebook about, you know, he's always railing against the youth sports complex, you know, because he's got a son that plays baseball and he's divorced now, and I think the ex-wife believes a different way, but this guy actually played scholarship baseball at a major college baseball program and played in the minor leagues and and he's got parents who are yelling at him about how much practice and stuff kids need to do and it's like you're gonna tell this fucking guy a guy who's actually been there and made exactly what the kids need exactly (laughs) and he's like the shit's out of control you know and he's a guy he played you know he pitched at Tulane for four years I think he might have Pitched in the minors for like a year or two, you know, not, never really anything big, but but he still played professionally for a brief period of time. He fucking knows what you got to do to get there. And the reason he didn't make it to major leagues had nothing to do with the fact that he wasn't constantly on the road and practicing as an eight year old. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's out of sane. It's insane. It's out of control, man. Yeah, I mean, like we were talking about that. It's like some kids are either going to have it or they're not, you know? I mean, <laughs> and no matter how many times you travel, whatever, if some kid can throw 90 miles per hour when he's 15, he's going to be able to throw that 90 miles per hour when he's 15, whether he plays just regular friggin' park ball or travel ball. You, kn- you, know? you know what I blame for that? Fucking Rudy. <laughs> People are like, why don't you love Rudy? Well, I mean, oh, how can you hate Rudy? That's exactly why I hate Rudy. It's a one in a million story. And you know what? It was embellished. Yeah, but Rudy didn't get a scholarship. I mean, he was like 20-something years old when he was there. Right, but people our age who grew up on that shit don't know any better. Yeah. They think that. Yeah, I know. But it was happening with people older than us, you know? Like the travel league shit, you know? Parents who were older than us, you know? I mean, it's all in the past twenty years, but it's fucking out of control. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I was. I actually had this conversation with my dad the other day uh, because we came. We come from a very soccer rich area. Soccer is, yeah, is yeah, a sport, yeah. and you know, I think we might have talked about this before. We've had guys who've played on the national team. Uh, we've got yep. played, uh, you know, professional in Europe and the whole. Yeah, deal. we have. So. Yeah. Yeah, Jersey's the soccer hot. Yes, and all the kids that I grew up with were exceptional. They won like two or three state championships within a, a six-year span. And my dad was one of the coaches, and I was of that of that community. I was I sucked. Yeah, but those are the kids I grew up with, and I played you know small soccer, uh, you know uh, rec league soccer. It wasn't a rec league, but it was uh, you know, intramural soccer. We called it, and um, yeah. The, the traveling didn't start until then. It was like the late, uh, early 80s was when travel yeah, teams yeah. came into existence. And and soccer was like the first thing to do it. Yes. I mean, I know. And I, I, the problem, I think, was because it was, you'd have to travel to find competitive soccer. Uh, which makes sense. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. 
Uh, but even then, it wasn't the yeah. it wasn't the end all be all. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, soccer season was over. Then the kids went to some wrestled. Jackson's also big yeah. in wrestling. Some played basketball uh, in the spring. A lot of kids didn't play soccer in the spring because they played baseball. And then eventually, you know, kids started to do two sports, but they picked one, yeah. you know, as their primary. Um, but nowadays, it's just like 365 well, days a year. Yeah, and they specialize in one sport. Yeah. And you get a kid who gets to, like, high school age, and he's like, fuck this. Yes. You know, and he doesn't even want to play it. It's like, let the kid choose. Let the kid play multiple sports. When I was little, we played at Metairie Playground, you know, and pretty much, you know, there was like 75% of the guys we played with played basically every sport. You know, there were some kids that only played, that played baseball but didn't play football, you know, or played football and didn't play baseball. But there was like a core of kids who played, you know, played basketball when it was basketball season, football when it was football season, baseball when it was baseball season. I was one of those kids, you know? Right. And there were kids that came out of that that, you know, who went on to play like real baseball and college baseball, like, you know, at like division one programs and stuff. And, and the only difference was like when we were like 13, 14, so there was Pony League. And if you were good enough, you also played on the Babe Ruth team, you know, yes. but the Babe Ruth team was just the playground travel team, you know, but they didn't, they weren't traveling constantly because guys on the Babe Ruth team still played on the playground intramural pony league teams you know yeah. like i had several guys on the team that played on the babe ruth team but also were playing with that it was like you weren't the traveling only consisted of playing the other playgrounds within your metropolitan areas friggin babe ruth teams you know yeah. i mean it, and those guys didn't need all that and some of those guys i know went on to play minor league you know so it's just so preposterous that they're doing all this to get kids because they needed to get a scholarship to college. Well, I don't even know what the hell that's about because it only really matters, I guess, if you're a female. Because, you know, you go to Tulane, you go to LSU, you know how many scholarships the baseball team gets? Oh, probably eight. 11.7, yeah. I think it is, yeah. for like a 30-man roster. Right. You know, yeah. so like the idea that you're doing this for your kid to get a scholarship, no, you're making him fucking miserable on the odds that – you know, even if he really is good, he's not going to get a scholarship because there's lots of really good guys that aren't getting any money to play in college. Yeah. In fact, it's costing them money to play in college. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they had a guy, Coastal Carolina won the College World Series. I was reading about a guy who was a star of the team who's got like $200,000 in student loans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he was the star of the College World Series. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It is. It's out of control, man. It is out of control. Yeah. I mean, it's not ridiculous that that guy did, but that's the reality is, you know, even that guy who starred in the College World Series to the team that won it, you know, he wasn't there on a free ride, man. You know? So you're going to chance making some kid miserable by making him specialize in something that you're probably more obsessed with than he is, you know? Right. I mean, we went to... Uh, uh, where we have the fantasy draft uh, a couple of years. It was two years ago we were out there, and one of the guys in the league, he sells insurance, and he's got a client who obviously has a bit of money. And on his property, he has this big old facility. You know, it looks like just a big old barn, but you go in there, 
and there's a batting cage on one side for baseball. There's a batting cage on the other side for softball. And then there's in the middle, there's a pitching mound. You know, so you can practice your pitch and stuff because he has a daughter that's a big softball player. Okay. You know, I think she played an LSU softball team. And, um, and his son was like, you know, he was grooming him to be a big baseball player. Apparently the son quit playing baseball in high school because he was sick yeah. of it. You know, and that's – and this is a guy that was – you know, this thing that he built was he probably spent at least twenty to thirty thousand dollars building this thing, you know? At the end of the day I mean there was professional pitching machines in there, dude. At the end of the day it's still a game, you know, you gotta enjoy yeah. it. And what's the point? Yeah, and there were radars and stuff. It's like you know, it's like because I remember one guy saying, Oh, he was so pissed when the kid quit baseball. And it's like, yeah, the well, kid was probably fucking miserable. <laughs> Guarantee it. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I've never seen anything. I mean, I've heard of those type of things. Like, there was a guy on that, like, there was a guy that was on the Pony League team I was with that was also on the Babe Ruth team, and he went to my high school, which was a big baseball school. And I think he eventually might have probably played in college at least, or maybe minors, who knows. I don't know if he went to college or to play minors, whatever, but I remember that was the story. You know, his dad was a lawyer, and he built a batting cage on the property where his office was for the kid. You right. know, so he could practice pitching and and batting. You know, and I remember being. I remember that was like, oh man, that guy's really serious. You know, he's got his own because that is crazy. Anybody that builds that really takes it serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. So, like, actually seeing some facility that this guy built like that was ridiculous. It was like a, mon- a Hall of Fame in there, too. They have all these pictures of all the accomplishments of the kids, which was mostly the daughter now because she's the one that carried on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But um, so, uh, well, you know, I one movie I saw, I went to see Tuesday night with my mother, uh, the Gleason documentary. Oh, yeah. About Steve Gleason. Yeah, that didn't get a wide release. I figure release. I'll say to you, since you're in the ALS stuff, you know. Yeah, that didn't get a wide release around here. But when it does um, when it does come, uh, I'm going to definitely check that out. I saw that that trailer on YouTube when yeah. it got released. And, um, oh, man. It probably will be released on Amazon soon enough, if not already, because Amazon's like the studio for it. Oh, okay. You know? Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because we went to go see it Tuesday night, and it was in a pretty decent-sized theater at one of the local, you know, at the biggest uh, multiplex, you know. I think it's it's playing, like, in maybe three theaters around town. But it was, like, Tuesday night, seven ten. You know, normally nobody would be there, but it was full of people because, you know, it's it's the Saints story, basically, yeah. you know. Because yeah, yeah. everybody here is Saints nuts. I was like, the amount of money it must be making here, you know must be making its money back straight up just on the new orleans release totally man you know totally. they um uh I, i'm assuming some of that money is going to go to research or a foundation of his how is that well it, the thing yeah i think it is but as far as foundation they got part early on because originally would start out the reason it ended up being made well, I remember back in the day when he first started doing this, uh, he was just trying – when he found out – he got diagnosed and then found out the wife was pregnant right after that. Okay. So 
he could still talk, so he was starting to record stuff just because he knew eventually he wasn't going to be able to talk to his kid. Right. You know, he started so he started making these videos, but that's what the um, you know, and then he came up to Team Gleason, but that's what the the documentary ended up spawning out of all that. But he he's there earlier. It's when he's still able to talk. He's like, well, you know, we could do research talking about what the what the foundation should do. It's like there's either two ways to do it. You do research or you give people equipment. He's like, I want to give people equipment, you know, like basically the the chairs and the the devices so you can so they can talk, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's what he was uh paying for and then apparently also what he was doing cuz they show one guy and this was early on like I guess early on when the charity first started uh a guy with ALS who I don't know where he was but like they they flew him and his son to Italy to take like a basically dream vacation. You know, because most people are going to die within five to six years of having Right. And, and he's like, I don't really want to do research. I want to do all that type of stuff, which makes sense because for the people that have it now, all the research in the world isn't going to help you. And they're doing loads of research. You might as well give them the shit they need. And if somebody wants to take a friggin' vacation or something, do something they're never going to do, be able to do it before you're totally fucked up, go ahead and do it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. The uh, just... To, to kind of frame that, the ALS Association New York Greater New York chapter is um, is the largest fundraising chapter of the ALS Association. And before the Ice Bucket Challenge deal, they were the they were the the highest grossing fundraiser with a roughly somewhere north of two million dollars. Oh, right? And I yeah. think the entire chapter, uh, the entire organization, might only have raised eight million dollars on average annually. Ice Bucket Challenge raised one hundred fourteen million dollars two yeah. years ago. See, they don't mention Peter Freitas in particular, but they at, near the end of this movie, they show one scene. You know, it's from it must have been done doing the Gleason Graw thing or whatever, which is one of the big. Uh, fundraiser like big concert thing they do yeah. uh it was the world's largest ice bucket challenge okay yeah 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 <laughs> you know where which they did down by the superdome you know and they show that but um yeah i mean it's interesting because he did i didn't i knew he pushed for the federal law that they eventually passed but what the foundation did was you know uh medicare used to pay for like the equipment like the chairs and the devices, you know, so you, you know, the keyboards and all that type of stuff. But then they cut off, it expired and they cut off the funding and there was no more for it. You know, they wouldn't pay for it anymore. Right. So uh, his charity started basically anybody that requested the equipment from them, they would fund it to the point that they had to like, because I guess at first they raised a bunch of money, but they're like, we don't need to be constantly raising money, but to the point that they had to start gone in overdrive raising money because they were just anybody that came to them from wherever they were, you know, oh, I got ALS, I need a chair, they would pay for it, you know, and each one of those things was a few thousand dollars a pop. Yeah, it's very expensive. You know? Sure. Yeah, so, uh, so he got, you know, with the friggin' two senators from Louisiana at the time and stuff and and they got it passed through Congress, the Steve Gleason Act, which now Medicare pays for all shit, for ALS uh, 
victims, you right. know? That now, if you have it, Medicare is going to pay for your wheelchair and your uh, and your communication stuff, you know? Which is crazy, I mean, because that's, you know, I mean, the amount of money that's going to that, you know? Yeah, you know, it's insane. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's if since you actually are... You know, involved with it somewhat. It is interesting for you to see. Yeah, and and that was kind of kind of uh, a segue into the point. Um, you know, if if you if you haven't heard about it, look it up. And if you had no inclination of seeing it or buying it, uh, buy it because the money gets raised by a number of different organizations in a number of different ways. And it goes to a bunch of different things, and that yep. use that that his foundation has committed to is like an underserviced portion of the community. You know the the yeah. the, the the equipment and the you know lifestyle element. So that's cool. That that's really yeah. Cool. I mean, because. I mean, and I think he probably realizes how lucky he was to have, he was probably making a million dollars a year. I mean, he wasn't making a low load of money as far as football players go, but a load of money as far as people right. go, you know, cause I mean, he was a, he was a special teamer basically, you yeah. know, but so he probably realizes it, that he had it better than most people. You know, most people that come in that situation don't have a few million dollars sitting in the bank, right. you know, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he played for like probably eight years in the NFL, so he had some money. So he was fortunate, you know. But it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, his wife actually, um, she's the sister of guys I went to high school with me, and I because one of the guys I think he was a year older than my brother, and his locker was next to mine. And I remember being an eighth grader on the rare occasion when he talked to me, I'd feel so honored <laughs> that like a old, like a junior or whatever, he must've been a junior at the time was talking to me. And I remember like he was running for student council and he, his name was Vinny, Vinny Verisco. And he gave me his flyer. He's like, here, man, I'm running. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely voting for you. <laughs> <laughs> so briefly he was in the movie, you know, they showed the two brothers and it was like Vinny Verisco. I was like, that's the guy that who's, whose locker was next to mine. <laughs> you, you, you turn to the guy in the movie theater next to you and go, I voted for him. No, no. I voted for him. Wait, what's that? I voted for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Steve Zissis was in that movie, her. Yes. The one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And I had no clue he was in that. I went to go see it with my sister. And the scene that he's in, he doesn't have any lines. It's just a brief scene where where Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson, a.k.a. The Phone, are talking about, they're observing people and they're observing the relationship between Steve Zissus' character and the woman he's dating and her kids or whatever. <laughs> and I... Uh, and I remember when they showed Steve Zissus, and I hit my sister. I was like, that's Steve Zissus. <laughs> Is that a boyfriend of mother who only dates dicks? Yes. <laughs> yes. So next, you know, it was a few months later we had the reunion. I was like, dude, you have the best credit ever. <laughs> the fact that at the end of the movie, that was the credit, too. It was like, you know, something the Zucker brothers could appreciate right. to give them that type of credit. right. right. You know, like Zucker Brothers movies, like, hey, look, it's it's Enrico Palazzo, <laughs> a.k.a. Mark Holton, right. who also played Francis in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. 
Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he also played John Wayne Gacy in the Gacy movie. <laughs> I, miss, I must have missed that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was a big release. It was probably straight to video. <laughs> All right. But I just remember seeing the video, the seeing the cover. It was this scary-ass picture of him as a clown. Yeah. All right, then. All On right. that note. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta get down to see the Force Awakens, man. Yeah, it's nine o'clock. It's nine o'clock. It's way it's way past the introductions. I have no idea if uh I have no idea what the uh what the guy uh with the stormtroopers backstory is now, so uh, <laughs> God, I'm gonna be lost. Spoiler How did Fed get here? Spoiler alert, spoiler alerts. Alright, on that note. Uh with apologies to Girk's brother. Uh we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, good night, Fredo. May the force be with you, Fredo. Yes, may the force be with you.